Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. This is a perfectly wonderful conversation today. Um, I would call your attention to one small piece of it, which seems like a detail that will just blow past. But um, this very gifted young woman says that one thing that she really regrets is that her father died at an age before they have any video of him or audio of his voice. So her father died when she was a teenager, and um, that is quite frequently what you hear. And that's why I have created uh, VoiceLocket.com, VoiceLocket, one word, dot com. I hope you'll check it out and consider it, um, because that's it's one thing that's usually a regret that uh, we don't have these really good recordings of our grandparents or parents or whatever. Voicelocket.com. Take a look. I am definitely not a victim. I am a, uh, a result of different things happening. I'm a phoenix. What is the sound of one man listening? This is Man Listening, a fresh podcast featuring the stories of strong women who bounce back. Man Listening because every woman deserves to be heard. Hey there, I'm Stuart Watson, and welcome to Man Listening. I, I really wanted to talk to Sammy Joe. She and I are working on a project you'll hear more about down the line, but um, very talented, very bright, and she has been through a lot. She's been a sportscaster, a broadcaster, a podcaster, bartender, little of this, little of that. But her life, and uh, she had a life-threatening incident um, almost bled out two weeks before she recorded this so talk about a young woman who has bounced back multiple times you'll hear you'll hear she plays a little game she doesn't she wants to interview me but we cut most of that out you know she's really worth knowing Sammy Joe, you have great pipes thank you I mean that's I've heard worse you have a great voice for thank broadcasting you. thank you i, I like your that. voice a lot I'm trying to get somebody to pay me for it so thank you I well you <laughs> and but but you're also bright and funny and you know a lot so well i'm i'm paying you well to say that but no, thank you i appreciate that's really that good. what is your podcast about my podcast is very subtly named qc sports and stuff because we talk about qc sports and stuff basically uh what I enjoy talking about is sports and not the X's and O's. I enjoy speaking to people um, and having a real conversation. I don't like Q&A for my podcast because I, I like to get into conversations and really get to know the people. And I was just saying this last week. One of the fun things for me about interviewing friends and people in the industry that I've known for at least a decade is I interview them here in a different way than I'm friends with them. And I learn so much more about them. And that is intriguing and awesome for me. It's like my own little treat to myself, but that's been really fun. 
Let me back up and ask my standard 20. Okay. Uh, or so. Probably, okay. probably I'm more gonna like count five. Where were you born? Nashville, Tennessee. But I was raised in Charlotte, so I claim Charlotte. Hospital or home? Where do I prefer to be? No, home. where were you born? <laughs> hospital or home? Um, I believe hospital. I don't know. I have no idea. I just know that Nashville was not a great town when I was born there. It was not safe or a great place to raise a rising star. <laughs> Funny you say that because it's one of my favorite places. What year were you born? Now, come on. Come on. I mean, why not? I mean, why is 87. So? Okay. My yeah. daughter was born in 88. Okay. My second and, daughter. My first daughter. And did you daughter. stay there? I stayed there until... Well, I had two stints, mm -hmm. so I know way too much about Nashville mm -hmm. because I crammed four years into six out at that university on the west side, Oh, the unknown SEC school that makes the top half of the SEC possible, mm. particularly in football, less so in baseball. Yeah, East Tennessee State University? <laughs> no, that's in <laughs> East Tennessee. This I is was Middleton. kidding. Yeah. The school that should be out of the SEC, mm. especially in football. You better cling to that because people are, you know, leaving their conference to be in the SEC. So just well, ride the laurels while you can. It's just for the money. We right. become the practice dummies. Do you know the name Paul Bear Bryant? No, but it sounds familiar. Okay. Long before there was Nick Saban. Oh. There was Paul Bear Bryant with the checkered hat, the uh -huh. houndstooth hat. Beat my team, and keep in mind, I am like your grandfather's age, 66 to 3. Oh, my. That's not fair. That should be And that's routine yeah. for us. Yeah. Okay, but then I also know the governmental side of Nashville, and I know the gritty side of Nashville, and I know the a little of the music side. Right. But people don't realize there's just so much to that Nashville city. Nashville is beautiful. I interviewed for a job there. I really wanted it. Where? In Nashville. Which? What, what place? Uh, it was for a local sports. Oh, it wasn't one of the TV stations. It was. I don't remember what TV station. It was whatever Sinclair Broadcast Group owns out there. But I interviewed and I was taught. Are they the Fox? Maybe. They might be the Fox. Maybe. But it, was, it, it would have been for their upcoming downtown Grand Prix which is going to be phenomenal. Oh, I think wow. that's happening in August. Wow. Yeah, so I was really excited for that. And it would just be like a homecoming, but more so I just wanted to get the hell out of California, Fresno specifically. Where you were working. Yes, for two years. For two very long years. Well, Fresno is an agricultural center, correct? Yes, it is. But I mean, as a TV market, it's sleepy. I think the whole town is is kind of sleepy. And I'm, you know, if you ask people who have lived there their whole life, it's beautiful and it is beautiful. But you have to take into account that I was there during the height of COVID, so everything was shut down including Yosemite. Oh my word. All of the national parks. How can you shut down the great outdoors? I guess with a pandemic, that's how. But so they shut that down and then I was also there during the Creek Fire, which was at the time the largest in history and now that's been surpassed. But I mean, you couldn't even walk your dogs outside because it was so bad for them. I mean, the, the skies were yellow. Yeah. So um, I think I, I learned a lot. Great experience. Would I go back? Absolutely not. What markets have you worked in? Uh, and that's the other part. So 
I Fresno was market. I think Fresno is like, I don't know, 57 or 47. Well, see, I worked in Toledo so for two years. Well, so, I mean, I worked in Jackson, Mississippi for two years. And I liked those places when I was there. I mean, I saw, you know. Right. I made lifelong friends in Fresno. And that is what I'm taking as like my win. Uh, but prior to that, I worked in Charlotte. So in my opinion, there's nothing better than working in your home market. And I worked here for three years uh, part time doing a little bit of everything. Really, that was my first job, which is also unheard of to start in a top 30 market as your first job. But I left my local station to work for the Panthers mm. as their feature reporter. Ah. And then after they made their Super Bowl run, let's not discuss how that ended. Which, um, which Super Bowl run? The one that they pretended to play against the Broncos, the oh. most recent. Oh. 50, Super Bowl 50. Where'd you go to high school? I went to Providence. Okay. I am a, a I'm a Panther through and through. My elementary school was Panthers. My high school was Panthers. My NFL team, Panthers. In order to understand Sammy Joe, what should I know about your mother? Like oh. What of your mother is uh, in you? Everything. I, I am my mother's daughter 100%. Uh, and I love that. She's a workaholic. She's driven. She's hilarious. She's sarcastic. Um, which sounds really like I'm bragging on myself because I said that <laughs> I am her. But um, she's just very smart, great personality, just... And so you guys are close. Oh, my gosh, yes. That is that is the main reason I moved back, because yeah. I wanted to be close to my mom, physically. Yeah. I mean, we would talk every day, but... Yeah. Yeah, and it's not like a normal mom and daughter relationship. I feel like we're very frank, and there's nothing off limits. And so you're not going to be judged. Mm-hmm. Like you can you can tell her things and she's not gonna. She may she may make a face, but I don't think she'll judge. I think, um, you know, when I have big life moments, if I think it's gonna disappoint her, I do hold off in telling her, because that's probably someone who I protect more than anybody else, just in case. You know, I don't want and I don't want her worrying. When I was in California, my fiance at the time and I were living in separate spaces, but she thought we were living in the same city and we were living in separate cities. And um, I didn't tell her that until I got back this December, four months after I got back, because I didn't want her to worry about me while I was in California. So you're trying to protect her. It's not because you think she's going to shame you or anything. You're you're just trying to I don't want her to worry. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's just thoughtful. Yeah. Well, don't tell anybody. Why? I mean, why is it? Then people think I'm nice, and I'm, I'm very much an ice princess. I like to keep it that way. I mean, you seem warm. You seem... That's good. I mean, just in talking to you on the phone, you seem like a yeah. warm person. I am for those who get to know me, I guess. I mean, but I don't know you, and you seem right. warm on the phone. You seem well, perfectly it's, it's nice. A different, it's a different interaction, I guess I should say. Because, you know, I'm, I'm very nice. I'm very personable. I will talk to anybody. It is one of the joys of being a bartender and a podcaster and a sports reporter is that you learn to talk to everybody. Nobody's you know, too big to talk to and nobody's too little to talk to. But I would say, other than that, I, I kind of keep to myself. I am an extroverted introvert. To what extent is the person who appears on mic today and when you do your podcast the person you are if we just met away from any of your roles? Like, if we just... Ran into each other on the street. Right. Um, I think I'm pretty much the same person. Um, I would say my 
podcasting voice is probably a little more podcasty. Um, but I, like I said, I talk to everybody and, and I genuinely like getting to know people. I had somebody in my bar the other day who was not a scout, but basically his job was to, for his team to travel to games that his team is about to play to analyze those games. And I was talking to him, he's played overseas and he was just such an interesting person. So I asked for his number to be on my podcast. He has nothing to do with QC sports. However, his story is interesting. And I think that's, that is ultimately what I like to do is get somebody's story and have other people hear that person's story. Cause I told him, you probably think it's really boring cause it's your life, but it's very interesting. And he said, you're right. I do think it's boring. It's not. Yeah. So I think I'm, I think I'm pretty much the same person unless you make me mad. <laughs> what would I, what would I do to make you mad? I mean, no, no, no. I mean, remind just, me not to do this. Yes. I, yes. I I'll, feel I'll a little insecure. Just unroll this scroll. I, yeah. No, you wouldn't make me mad. I'm talking more like when I'm bartending, you know, drunk, obnoxious people. Are you Irish by any chance? I am predominantly Irish, Norwegian, and German. Yeah. That that is the reason for my pale complexion. You ever go back to the reunions at Providence? Fuck no. Because? Because I already know you've been married and divorced four times on Facebook. Why would I go see you in person? I didn't like you then. I don't like you now. Did you? Do you have any friends from high school that yes. are still friends? I have my best friend in the entire world, um, Alexandria, who is engaged. So we're planning her bachelor party and all of that. Um, but I've been best friends with her since seventh grade. And I have another friend of mine who lives in Atlanta. I've been great friends with her since seventh grade. So I have my, my choice people, but they're, you know, high school was really traumatic for me. I went through a lot. So the people, I think people who knew me then, if they had an interest to know me now, they would have kept up over the years and no hard feeling. You know, if they reached out and wanted to talk, fine. But I've, I've kept the people who mattered to me close to me. Um, what made high school traumatic? Are you ready for this, this lineup? Uh, freshman year, my dad killed himself. Oh. The uh, sophomore year, I almost died of viral meningitis. I was in the hospital for 27 days, and three doctors told my mom I wasn't going to live. They could not figure out what was wrong with me. They had an infectious specialist uh, drawing blood and flying it to Duke. And by the time they got to Duke, it had evaporated the virus had evaporated so they could never figure out what it was they just assume it was viral meningitis um, from that I had to do because I missed so many days I had to do summer school just to graduate on time thankfully my dad dying that life insurance policy paid for all of that private tutoring so I could graduate on time um, because like I said I wasn't a party or I wasn't drugs alcohol anything like that but I was working so hard just to keep up with the bare minimum uh, junior year I was raped and then senior year was a breeze. I was just dating an alcoholic. So it was a lot. But I made it through. <laughs> the theme of this podcast is mm -hmm. strong women who bounce back. It's resilience. Mm -hmm. How were you? How were you able to? Move forward. Correct. Um, I think, so this is one, I have a very strong mom. And that has always been my rock. Uh, and, and continues to be because anytime I'm going through anything, I'm like, well, she was a single mom to three kids and she had, she hadn't gone to school. She put herself through real estate school and she's a beast now. I mean, she's one of the top agents. So, 
um, I think I always look at her as like a role model, but also like you don't think of it as, oh my God, my world is ending. Well, some people do. You take it day by day. You know, a lot of people say, I can't imagine losing my dad that young because I was 14. Um, but you don't think of it as right when he dies, oh, he's not going to be around for prom. He's not going to be around for my wedding. He's not going to be, you just take it day by day. And then before you know it, it's been 20 years, which it has been, which is crazy. This year was 20 years that, that he had passed. So, I mean, you just take it day by day. And I think another way that I'm very much like my mom, this, she considers this her superpower is that she's very calm in chaos. And so am I. And I love that because I don't know how not to be that way. So when the world is on fire, I'm very calm looking for the fire extinguisher versus people who are like, you know, hysterically crying or balled up in the corner, which nothing wrong with that. It's just a different way of coping, but I'm very cool, calm and collected, almost to the point of being a psycho calm. Are you kind of like I've been through my father's suicide, a rape, yeah, life-threatening illness, yeah, you know, a relationship was which he was a disaster. Right. Do you say it's been worse? You know, um, I can, you know, I don't, I don't know, maybe like in hindsight, but in the moment, I'm just trying to get through it. So I think, yes, I think it could, that is why it's easy for me to, unfortunately, look at people who are freaking out and go, what are you doing? Like, it's fine. Like, there's so many other worse things. But also, I've, I think, uh, back in the day, uh, when dealing with those things, my reaction was different. Now, I'm not going to waste energy on what could have been. If it's already happened, how do we move forward? I'm not going to spend the energy on changing the past because it's impossible. It's wasted energy, and I don't have time or tolerance for it. I get the sense that you don't put a whole lot out there. You are correct. So I think if anybody were listening to this who did, who knows me would be surprised because I don't I'm not normally an open book. I'm very much like, let me talk to you, not you talking to me. Because? Because that's just how I am. I think I'm, I think I'm guarded. But Yeah, but why are you that way? I don't know, honestly. I, I mean, think it's probably part protection, but... Why are you not doing a fucking TED Talk about all of this? Oh, God. That's a great question. Because that is my dad's well, start, name. Well, start, so. start writing it. Okay, I'll start writing it. I do enjoy writing. Because, I mean, your mere presence here mm. after the last couple of weeks you've had. Oh, yeah. And, and just to, to include everybody in that, I had a normal procedure that almost killed me. Led to eight hours in the ER. And that, surprisingly, when I went in for viral meningitis, it's all kind of a blur. I mean, it was, it was bad. I was in so much pain. I was crying without noise. So you just tears running down my face. And when the doctors told my mom that I wasn't going to live, I didn't know that. You know, I wasn't scared for my life. I just knew I didn't feel good. Um, spinal tap and all. Like, I just knew I just didn't feel good. This time around, when I went into the hospital and they gave me my IV, I hate hospitals because of my stint in high school with it. But they gave me my IV, and I'm very good at calming myself down. My throat starts closing. Like, I can't breathe. And I tell her, I'm like, just give me a second. I'm going to pass out. So just let me breathe for a second and I'll be fine. So she gets a wheelchair because she's like, can you walk? And I was like, probably not. Gets a wheelchair. My eyesight starts to go like it's all blurry. And I was like, I'm going to black out. Like, I need you to get me a wet rag. So I stay conscious. 
um, again, calm and chaos. Um, and I still can't breathe. Like I cannot get enough air. I sound like Eeyore when I breathe in. I'm like, <laughs> it's terrible. And I'm sure this nurse thinks I'm being dramatic, but I'm the least dramatic person. Um, and then it sounds like I'm underwater, like my hearing goes. And I legitimately thought, I'm going to fucking die in this, this hospital hallway because you can't have anybody with you until you get to a room. So my hearing goes. It's very muted. It sounds like, <laughs> I can't see. I'm burning up. Like, I feel like I'm on fire. Um, I'm bleeding profusely. And I've got, like, I asked for a wet rag, so she brings me this huge towel, and I just, like, I'm in the middle of a hospital hallway, and I'm kicking my shoes off, taking my shirt off. Like, I cannot get cool enough with a cold-ass rag around my face. It was the first time in my life I thought, I'm going to die, and my mom is in the parking lot. And how traumatic for her. But then they got me into a room, probably because I was being so dramatic, but I thought I was dying. And how does that compare to the last couple of weeks? Uh, well, that was the worst of it, for sure, because I really thought, this is it. But I, that's so crazy, because I've never been afraid of dying. I'm more afraid of like people close to me dying. Um, but all I could think is, my poor mom is in the parking lot waiting for me to call her to be like, hey, I have a room. Come back and see me. And if I die right here because you guys think I'm being fucking dramatic, that's terrible. But that was age what when that happened? That just happened. That was a couple of weeks ago. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. I think I play it down when, when I talk to people. But, you know, I was, I was texting with our friend Brian to tell him, like, hey, I'm in the ER. I'm fine. But this is what's going on. You took time to text Brian? Yeah, because I was supposed to meet with you for a podcast that night. And I was bleeding oh. out, essentially. But who takes time to text someone <laughs> when you're about I'm a, dead? I mean, what, I'm what the hell? I'm very close to Brian. I just wanted him to be in the know. Because he knew that I had had a procedure done, and, and I went. Their, their concern was, I told them I was bleeding out. It looked like a freaking murder scene. And I, they took my blood level, and it was like 12.6. Well, within a couple hours, it had dropped to 10 point something, which is like in the red zone. So had I continued to drop, I would have had to have a transfusion. Thankfully, I didn't do that because my ex-fiance, who's still one of my best friends, um, saw what was going on and was like, we have to get you to the hospital, like, now. So, otherwise, my stubborn ass would still be on the couch, dead. Why aren't you married to that guy? He's an amazing human being. That's why he's my best friend. Um, but he just has some stuff he needs to figure out. So, he's he's figuring out his thing and... And in the meantime, we're still best friends. So he's a great human, though. A lot of times when people are faced the prospect of, I could have died, mm -hmm. they go down a number of, I like to make it a multiple choice. Okay. Um, this is good. I like these tests much better. God saved me. Mm -hmm. I must have a purpose because mm -hmm. I'm still here. Shit happens. It's complete. <laughs> it's completely random, and there is no meaning. Or I make this meaning of having survived. Hmm. Like I impose meaning. Right. Like the God. The meaning is not coming from God, the universe, and like there's no inherent. I'm creating my own destiny. Like, and I, I, I make this mean this. Mm. Like, so I get to tell the story because it's my fucking story. I'm the one who almost died. Right. 
That's interesting. So, are you God saved me to blank? I make this meaning of it, I d- I or don't... it has no meaning whatsoever. Oh no, it absolutely has meaning. I am I'm not religious, but I am spiritual. I do believe everything happens for a reason. I absolutely think God saved me because I when I'm sitting there in that moment, I'm like, God, don't let me die, don't let me die. Like that would be so hard for my mom. I'm her favorite child. She won't admit it, but I'm her favorite. To what end? Do Am you, I her favorite? Or? No. To what end were you saved? Because I got to think there's something more than just the relationship with your mom, as important as that is. Yeah. I mean, um, you have a larger life. Yeah. I don't. I uh, and that's why when you say the multiple choice, like, yes, I think absolutely God saved me. For what purpose? I have no idea. I have no idea. Well, so where are you with God? We're, we're homies. Okay. Do you pray? Yes. What, On a regular basis? No. What does that sound like? Uh, well, it's a private conversation. No, honestly, when I go to sleep at night, I thank God for my health. I pray for people who... What words do you use in your head? It literally, thank you, God, for allowing me to be here, for giving me the health, for giving me a, a roof over my head, um, and for keeping my family safe. And um, I... D- you know, a, a lot of people say like, oh, I'll pray for you, blah, blah, blah. But if somebody, you know, lost their dog or their kids in the hospital, I will pray about that because I do think that there's power in prayer. You can feel free to slap me, get mad at me okay. or whatever. Okay, well, you're kind of far, but I'll, I'll reach. Okay, the, 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 just because I'm, I just, I say things that occur to me. I have no clipboard. I okay, have that's whatever. good. Okay. That's how it should be, so, unfiltered. Do you talk to your father? No. Nope. No, because he's, no, he's gone. I, I mean, I don't have, I think, you know, what's funny is the first, uh, I think it was like Father's Day or something, after he died, I got out of the shower and I just got this weird ass chill. It was like somebody was in the room and my dad's ashes were always by the front door and I literally got on clothes as quick as I could and ran out of the house and I was like, stop, because I don't like that. I didn't. I can, you know, I know I have a guardian angel looking out for me, but, um, and I'll have dreams that feel so real. Like I've woken up twice, like in tears, because it was so real that he was there. Um, but no, I don't. In what sense, in what context was there? Uh, that he was physically there, that I was having a full-blown conversation. One of the first ones I oh. had, uh, I was on like a trail. I was out with groups of people and my dad was there and I said just promise me you'll never leave me and he was like I promise and I told him I was like you lied and so that I woke up crying from and then there was another one where it was so real that he was there and I was talking to him and I was at his house and then when I woke up it was like he's still alive like it felt so real so those two are the two times that it's been you know super heavy but other than that like I think I am uh sounds so uh, egocentric to say, but I'm a stronger person because he killed himself. Because if I can get through that, like at age 14, in the middle of freaking high school, which is a shit show anyways, then like really the rest of it is just cake. You see, that's him knocking. You hear that? (laughs) He's like, hey, I'm here. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, so... I... I'm not trying to muck about yeah. where I don't belong. 
So I'll say that. Well, nothing is I, off balance. I will tell I, you I, if you go somewhere. I don't want you to. I, I will say that it seems as though in the dream you were able to confront him and say, well, that's a lie. Right. And I was in that dream. I was younger. So I don't have any dreams now. I'm very jealous of people whose parents have died in the last five years because they have video and they have pictures and they have it on their cell phone and they have voicemails. And I don't have that. I think I'm very jealous of that. But um, I think I was, that was probably my subconscious trying to connect with him. But for the first couple of years, I would write a letter to him and then I would burn it because the ashes flowed up like on his anniversary of his death. Um, but he never wrote back. So I stopped writing. <laughs> yeah. You say prayers of thanks. Mm -hmm. Do you think it's okay to ask for things? Do you think it's okay to make an ask of the Almighty? And if so, what do you think it's okay to ask for? And what do you think it's not okay to ask for? I am not in any position to say whether that's Just okay for yourself, or not, not for, for anybody else. I think I, what I always, uh, what I used to do is, you know, if your necklace is backwards, you're supposed to kiss it, make a wish, if, you know, all these things. I always say, I hope whatever is supposed to happen happens. Because I do believe that things happen for a reason and there's already a plan out there. Now, granted, I don't think when I was born, God was like, ooh, at 14, your dad's going to off himself. But I do believe that everything happens for a reason to make you who you are. And then you have the decision to go down, you know, whichever path. If I ask for things, it's just for guidance. You know, would I love to have a sideline gig? Sure. But if that's not where I'm supposed to be, I just... I don't want to be misdirected. So I just ask for whatever's supposed to happen. Please guide me in the right direction. At this point in the conversation, I mentioned to Sammy Joe that the, she is the 111th episode of, of Man Listening. She's number 111. For 110 weeks now. Wow. 110, once a week. Am I number 110? Liz. Hey, that's good. All ones. I'll take that. That's an angel number You're when it's all three of the same. Yeah. Look at that. I usually look, look at, at God. Won't he, won't two, he do two, it? Two, three, 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 four, four, three, four. Three, 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 and six, six, six are bad. Those are evils. No, six, six, six is evil. Three, 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 three. is not. Check it. Check mm -hmm. it. I'm telling you. Numerology. I say this, listen, I'm I telling say this you. because my mother and I always wake up at 333, yeah. and we think that is the time that my dad killed himself. Or around that time. I, I'll introduce you to some mystical folks who Ooh. may, who may Ooh, this say is that so that's... Exciting. It's... What it's saying is, he may have killed himself, but I, or we, the guardian angel, what they're saying is, we're here with you. Like, mm. he may have done that. But we're still here. But we're here with you. Like, mm. he is out of time at right. 3.33. But we're still here. We're here with you in mm. time. I and love when the clock does that, when I look and it's like 11, 11, 10, 10, well, 22. Well, mine is more two, 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 three, 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 yeah. four, four, four. I like any it's of those. It's a wink. Yeah. It's a wink. Now, do you ever see what are called God shots or God winks or synchronicity? Do you ever see that in anything other than those numbers? Like, have you ever had something was like, that's coincidence. That's weird. That's um, I think I have those things happen all the time, and I love them. I cannot think of any exact example right now, but oh, I know come that on. I know. <laughs> I know. Joe. As, as soon as you ask about it, I'm like, bail me oh. out. I know, um, but I think that those coincidences happen 
all the time and they're just weird and I love them. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on any specific examples right now. I just, my mom and I always have those things happen and that's, we always talk about them. So have you ever heard of, um, you've heard of paranoia. Mm -hmm. Have you heard this word pronoia? No. So there's a, a, a new movement. I read about one of these women in California who are out there, San Francisco. Yes. Um, out there, like out west? Is that what you mean? No, I mean out there, out there. <laughs> who said, um, pronoia is the notion that the universe is conspiring, is arranging itself for your oh, benefit. That's out there. For your benefit. Oh. Well, if there's plenty of paranoia out there where they're out to get me, they're out to get me, the right. universe is trying to kill me, it's just trying to make me suffer, life is about suffering. This is entirely the opposite, that the world is filled with bounty and abundance, and yeah. it is conspiring, and it just needs you to get out of your own way and accept it. I don't know if I you know, would coin a term over it, but I do believe that to an extent. I mean, I think the... You're on this earth for a specific reason, everybody, um, and the stars align at certain points. And if you get out of your own way or stop trying to plan, I'm such a planner. I mean, I still have the physical agenda that I write everything down in. Um, and I thought I would be married by 24, kids by 27, and I'm 34 with neither of those. But I like that because now I'm not... I'm not worried about planning for the future. I mean, I am somewhat, but planning in the future as far as like this day, I have to do this. I have to have kids by this day. Like I'm just going with it because so far I've really enjoyed my life. I've traveled. I've had great experiences. I've had great loves. So now I'm just, you know, as much as I hate being like just a bartender right now um, because I feel irrelevant in my world, in my industry, I think it's really good for me because mentally in Fresno, it was really hard. It was very dark. Um, I was alone making shit money in Fresno, California, uh, working way harder than the sports director because he's overpaid and underworked and I'm overworked and underpaid. And that's usually how it goes in local news. So that was just really bad. And, you know, I could have stayed. They would have offered me an extension. I didn't want to. I told him absolutely not. Six months before my contract ended, I said, I'm not staying. So now that I'm making money and I have free time and I have my condo back and I'm close to my mom, like, is it where I want to be career-wise? No. But is it everything I need for my mental health? Yes. Everything transitions to something. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. Um, word of scripture all things work together for good to them that love the Lord. Have mm. you ever heard that? No. So it strikes me that it would be really easy for you to tell a dozen different victim stories. Oh, yeah. And I haven't heard you tell one. Oh, I am definitely not a victim. I am a, uh, a result of different things happening. I'm a phoenix. <laughs> I'll tell you another really out there that some people get really angry when you say this. Oh, great. I thought you were going to try and avoid that. All right, well, I'm it. trying not to make you let's, mad. Let's see if this red hair starts. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm not I'm trying fire. to piss you off. Some people mm -hmm. believe there's a book called Radical 
uh, forgiveness, which puts this forward. I worked with people in Georgia who dealt with cancer. Mm. Some people believe that we sit side by side before this particular incarnation mm. and kind of like, would you like the chicken or the fish? Would you like the fill in the blank? Do you want the testicular cancer this time around? Do you oh. want the oh, the, how interesting? Are you, are you want do you want the you know war experience? Right. Do you Which want trauma the, do you want? Right. Like mm. what to the end of the soul's learning, to the end of the soul that knowing is that very interesting. And so they say whatever you got, mm. that's what you picked. But the moment you come through the chute. Boom. With the first breath, you forget that you and your Had trusted advisor, hmm. you pick this out. And then you choose whatever you want. You can be the victim. You can, you know, How have a side story. And then you check out one way or another at the end. Right. And like with your dad, they may go, Ted, you kind of shit the bed. Right. You kind of it's like a doctor. It's an X-rated Dr. Seuss book yeah. at this point. Ted, you kind of you kind of shit the bed. Let's yeah. go back over this. Let's look at the game film. Um, we love you, but you let's know? do it again. We love you, but let's let's see where things kind of went awry. Awry. Yeah. Took a wrong turn. Well, I can tell you where it went awry for him. I mean, he had migratory rheumatoid arthritis. Yes. So he was bedridden some days at age forty because yeah. his pain was so bad. So, you know, this was right at the height of, like, oxycodone really hitting the streets. And he was dating a nurse who got fired for taking medicine. So I can only imagine that he was trying to numb his pain. And by then, like, the, it just got so bad that th this is how I deal with suicide, not to ramble on. Uh, because everybody's like, oh, how, how could somebody do that? And, yeah, it's selfish. But at the end of the day, their demons were so big, they saw no other way out. And to me, that's sad, but it like it gives you a more empathetic way of looking at it versus like, oh, they were selfish because no, they just had they literally could see no other way out. So that's how I deal with it. What do you want your legacy to be? I won't look you in the eye because I'm gonna cry. Oh, okay. Healing. Uh, like a that you had a path of healing, or that other people should look at you and say healing is possible, or both. Um, my biological father died alone at the age of 46 in a wow. hotel room with three-fifths of Smirnoff. Wow. Um, so my sister died at 57. My brother is not in good shape, and he's younger than I am. They're talking Are to Are you the oldest? Yes. Okay. Both in the adopted family and in the biological family. Mm. So every day that I breathe... A sober breath is a success. Is it's the grace of God. Yeah. It's from nothing I've done. So um it's not so much that I aspire mm. to that as much as it is it is a sort of living testimony of gratitude. Yeah, it's a reflection. I, I, well, I also believe in intergenerational healing. I don't know if you've... Hmm. Or the notion that this is way off. Damn it. <laughs> um, I'm winning. I just, would just like to point out that I won this battle. 
<laughs> Is that what you wanted to do? Always. I'm very competitive. Well, I'm very not. <laughs> well, is, that makes it. You should say that you're competitive, so then I feel like I actually did win something. Well, Just I lie to me. Tell me I'm pretty. That's all I need. You are pretty. Oh, thank you. You don't wear makeup. Not if I don't have to. Um, and that's another thing. So when I was in California, uh, because I was working all the damn time, uh, and I was on air, I would wear makeup a lot. And so I kept having um, um, this reoccurring thing on my lip. And I thought, oh, it's because I'm wearing makeup. My face was like, why are you doing this to me? And my fiance at the time told me to go to a der dermatologist because I actually had health insurance. So I went and they were like, oh, it looks like basal cell carcinoma. And I'm like, right on my lip. This is so annoying. But anyway, so it ended up being skin cancer. So mm. now I definitely don't wear makeup when I don't have to because it makes me very hyper aware of everything on my face. I prefer not to wear makeup. Walk around naked face. But when I'm bartending or doing on-camera stuff, I definitely have, like, full face of makeup. I say full face of makeup, but that's still, like, compared to the makeup that people put on, I do not wear a lot. And you also don't wear makeup, so everybody's clear. I did when I was in TV. Oh, but you have to. I didn't like it. Yeah. But a lot of that was just to knock down the shine. Like, yeah. I didn't have to. Yeah. You weren't wearing eyelashes. No. Were you? No. Oh, no. Well, that but would be I mean, entertaining. Uh, I do have to ask the last question. That Yes. So I at least get in the last question. Yes. If we get struck by lightning today. It's your fault. And the only thing that survives is this little piece of audio. So we're gone. Okay. What is your legacy? I think that's to be determined. I don't know. I don't know if I've, I've done anything legacy defining. Thus far, and I'd like to think that the best part is still yet to come. We're struck by lightning. Well, then I'm fucked. <laughs> no, you're saying you don't have a legacy? I don't, because if we're all struck by lightning, what does it matter? We're gone. Okay, what? This is not going how I wanted. What do you think people will remember me for? Would say at your memorial, and then what would you want them to say? Like what your. Who's the best friend since high Alexandria. School? Okay. What would Alexandria say about the impact you had on her? I think she would say that I was the sister she never had uh, and that I was funny and hardworking. And what does the sister she never had mean? That we were literally the closest. I mean, there's... And that she could turn to you for... Anything. What? Literally anything. But what does she turn to you for? Um, I would say advice, laughter, companionship, planning things, because <laughs> we're both planners. And if your mother were able to speak, what would she say you have done for her? She would tell an inappropriate joke. Okay. I don't know if it would be a dirty joke. She would tell an inappropriate story. Oh, like, okay. for instance, uh, we make light of everything. At my dad's funeral she was handing me a tissue and then yanked it away. Like she wouldn't give it to me just to fuck with me while we're sitting there grieving my dead dad. But I mean, there are things that you laugh or you cry. Yeah. And there are much worse legacies than laughter. Yes. I agree with that. I'll I, take that. I honor you. I acknowledge you. Thank you. It is a privilege. It was so fun being on. So thank you for having me. It is a privilege. We will have to do this again. I'll be here. 
And as I say, boy, I'm grateful to her. As I say, um, we're working on a little project together that I hope to tell you more about in about six weeks, two months, um, which is really cool. It's unlike anything I've ever done before. It's a fun thing. It's a fun thing. Um, so thanks. Thanks for listening. Man Listening is a production of Unmediated LLC in cooperation with the Queen City Podcast Network and Balto Creative Media. Allison Andrews at Andrews Creative and Rachel Clapp-Miller are developmental producers. Sally Higgins at Higgins & Owens tries to keep us legal. Our music is A Day at the Park by the group Pictures of the Floating World. Your announcer is Catherine Smith. That's me. Please go to our Patreon page. You'll find us at patreon.com. Look for Man Listening. One word, no spaces. We hope you'll join us by becoming a member. A small investment can raise up the conversation. If you want exclusive member merch, like a t-shirt, we can arrange that too. A huge shout out and thank you to everyone who has supported Man Listening from the very beginning. Thanks so much. Don't forget to support us at Patreon. We believe one voice can change the conversation. Thanks.